0: Whoever sets the rules wins the war. What I want to talk about today is how literalism within Christianity, within faith, plays into the hand of materialism. Materialists believe that only what is matter is real. As Dawkins and Harris and the New Atheist Movement entered the West, they began to dominate not because their worldview was superior, but because it was at least rigorous. Power corrupts and absolute power, corrupts completely. As the scientific age replaced the religious age, we began to reap the benefits of the rigor involved in the scientific discipline. It became hard to ignore the upsides of this way of seeing the world. And given how long Christianity has dominated the West, in particular America, we were in no shape to deal with it. Since its founding, Christianity has dominated American culture, And although there are many amazing side effects, one unintended side effect is that it created laziness. Muscles that aren't used, atrophy. As Christians dominated the culture, they no longer had a need to be ruthlessly rigorous and tirelessly truthful. As we became safe and prosperous, we started to integrate many of the beliefs of the materialist worldview. Many churches would rather their pastor fundraise for the new wing and try to figure out the deep questions of existence. And churches do need money, so that's no easy situation. But here we are. Jordan Peterson has thousands paying to come listen to a two-hour lecture, but most churches are empty. Why is that? Because he is presenting a continuity of the two worlds that they are not, a multidiscipline approach that the church is not too weak or too stupid to understand and integrate, but only too lazy. Rather than acknowledging its complementary nature, than that science is the what of existence, and religion, and God is the why, we instead made our own version of the materialist worldview, of the reductionist worldview, because it's easier than the depth and the humility and the time required to answer the question, why we are really here. Many Christians and pastors pretended to be sure of those things that can never be known, pretended to be holy while we were using God as a scapegoat to get away with things. The materialist worldview lets us play God, and let's be honest, part of each of us, including me, obviously, cannot wait to take the throne. To this day, if you bring up a real issue in a church lobby, most people will either look at you like you're an alien or give you a fake pat on the back to protect the safety of their fragility. They are so uncomfortable in reality that if you go there, they start to panic. In taking the bait of the idea that only what is material is real, we made God so small that reality is bigger than him. Our unanswered questions scare us, and we don't want to disrespect anyone by asking them. So we ignored them. And the fracture in our mind worsens. All these hard questions that we don't know the answer to. Instead of search for them, we ignore them. The more we pretend to believe our tiny, shallow God, the God that fits in the materialist worldview, the God that fits inside the rule set that the materialists created, we no longer really believe it and then eventually we admit to ourselves and leave altogether. Meanwhile, the actual God is where all good comes from. He's where all true comes from. Every discipline, everything that is true, everything that is good, comes from him. From science to psychology, every discipline in its proper form is the prospering of the seeds created by the creator. The only thing that keeps us... From the never-ending enchantment of the world around us is our own corruption, my own corruption, my desire to speak for God because I lack meaning and at least want to feel powerful. Now, what do I mean by all of this? What I mean by all of this is that we are playing on their terms. For some reason, we Christians often play on the terms of the materialist. So if a materialist were to say to you, oh, the Bible is a myth. Jesus is a myth. Adam and Eve is a myth. It's a story. We take the bait and we say, oh, no, it isn't. It happened on this year, on this day. And then guess what? We lose because we don't know exactly when. We don't know exactly how old the earth is, blah, blah, blah. And there's a ton of corruption within science as well. And I'll get to that either later in this episode or on another episode. But we play on their terms. They give us bait and we take the bait. Rather than saying, what do you mean just a story? See, this is something that we have lost. Stories run the world. It is not just a story. You do not get up today and go to work and work all day long and hard for your family because of something you read in a textbook. You go to work because of the story that inspires you, the story of your life, we're not driven by textbooks. We're not driven by manuals. We are driven by story. People run their lives based on story. Life is much more a story than it is a textbook or a manual. We decide the most important things about our world, based on story we decide our vocation based on a story we decide who we marry based on a story we decide who we pick as the leader of the free world based on story so if someone were to say to me adam and eve is just a story i would say what do you mean just a story it is a archetypal story a story that not only is true but is true over and over again it is true in every human being which is about as true as things come. But in the past, Christians didn't do that. Atheists would give them bait, they would take the atheist bait, and then often they would lose because they were lazy and corrupted by their lack of rigor, by their lack of openness, and they were not prepared for the fight ahead. Meanwhile, you should dismiss the terms being given to you and say, I do not play on these terms, I never did. And I'm not going to start now. Christians should be ruthlessly rigorous in the way that we search for what is true. The safety and the beauty that comes with belief in God, that sort of warm feeling that sometimes you have in a church service or sometimes you feel like you're right where you're supposed to be, that is amazing, but it is not an excuse to leave our rigor behind, to leave our effort behind. I believe that the God of the Bible is the God, is the creator. So as a result, I am completely open-minded. You can tell me there are no gods, there are 10 gods, there's one God and it's Ariana Grande. You can tell me whatever you want because I do not believe that anything you will say will unseat the continuity, the truth that is within the Christian worldview. And let's not be precious about it. Let's say you don't have any faith and you're listening to this. Think about this. A structure where the person at the very top, where the person who has the most power, dies on purpose for the person who has the least power. That a structure like that will always bring good into the world. If you don't have any faith at all, you can at least see that a situation where the most important person dies for the least important person that that is something good there's a lot of separation within christianity there's a lot of separation between the natural world and the spiritual world a truer view is that there should be ultimate continuity between every true thing in the world christianity in my view is the continuity of everything it is the way that every discipline that every true thing Meets in the middle. There's one area where they all meet, and that is Christianity. Christianity is a structure that every true thing fits within. In Jonathan Haidt's book, The Happiness Hypothesis, he spoke about the mind as basically a rider and an elephant, that the rider is the conscious mind which makes decisions, which consciously makes decisions. And the elephant that he is sitting on is the unconscious mind, and it has its own desires, it has its own wills. And he relayed this to the Apostle Paul when the Apostle Paul said, What I want to do, I do not do, and what I don't want to do, I do. I recently heard a podcast where a guy was talking about the spiritual language of powers and principalities of sort of spiritual forces, and he relayed that to something analogous to the stock market, that everyone can participate in the stock market But you can't point at one thing and say, there is the stock market. There is all of it. That is what it is. It is not this small object that you can sort of point at and conceptualize all of it in one easy to understand way. It is also not localized. This is another point he made, that it was not localized, that you can participate in it, but it is not local to you. It is not specific to you. It is sort of a super organism, sort of an overriding thing that is existing in our world and we all can kind of see the effects of it but you can't really conceptualize all of it as one simple to understand thing there are a lot of people doing great work in this field of this idea of bringing heaven and earth together if you really believe that god created heaven and earth then the pursuit of god is the pursuit of continuity between heaven and earth of bringing those worlds together of seeing them blend That God intentionally made us as part animal and part spirit, as part of this world and part of another. Let's talk about the corruption of scientists. Most scientists are atheists. Now why is that? Because if you know more than most people, you are uniquely tempted to believe that you know everything. Scientists are tempted by the same thing that pastors are tempted by, and that is When you're at the top of a mountain, and everyone around you is at the bottom, it is very tempting to lie about what you can see. Because if you do lie about how much you know, if you do stretch the truth, who's going to know the difference? And for continuity, when both the small-town pastor who pretends to know exactly the nature of hell, and the scientist that pretends to know exactly how the earth came into existence— they are both reliving the Adam and Eve story, are hearing the whisper of the serpent in their ear, saying, what if you were God? And I don't mean to make this an us-them thing. All of us have it. Let's talk about evolution. If you remove the corruption of science and the corruption of religion, I don't see any reason why there is any contradiction between intelligent design and evolution. Whatever the first thing is, God created that. And I don't care if it's an ape or an ooze, I couldn't care less what it is. Whatever the first thing is, God made that. There's nothing that is true that does not originate from God. If you think about a human being at conception, you think about the way that a tiny clump of cells looks, and then the difference between that and a full-grown man or woman. That they appear nothing alike, But everything that a man or woman becomes is present at conception. So the idea that somehow life on earth originating from something more primitive than human beings, that that somehow disputes God, that that somehow takes God off his throne, is idiotic to me. Everything true comes from God. And what if all of it is his design? What if evolution is God's design?